I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. everyone today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is episode 29 and I'm really excited to talk about this and I actually recorded this already and then I was overthinking it and I decided that I'm going to split this topic into two podcasts because I was trying to cover way too much. So Today, the title of this podcast is called The Belief Window, and I've kind of become somewhat obsessed with this idea. So I will tell you a little more about this and how it came about, and then we will discuss more. So about two weeks ago, we were heading to Detroit to go to the temple with my daughter, And my son, you know, had been home for about a week. And he said, while we were getting ready to head over there, and it's about a three-hour drive, and he said, hey, I have a couple of really good talks that I listened to on my mission. I'd love to share them with you. And we're like, oh, yeah, sounds great. So the first one he shares with us is a talk given by Hiram W. Smith. And... If any of you had a Franklin planner, or if you still have them, he was a guy who invented the Franklin planner. And then he combined with Stephen R. Covey, and they developed a company called the Franklin Covey to help people with both time management and great habits and to just find great inner peace in their life, basically. So... What was interesting about this talk is I found it so relevant for today and this talk I think was given sometime in the 80s. That's what we were trying to figure out depending. We don't know exactly and I will link to the talk and I kind of want to just say (laughs) this podcast is going to be super short. Just listen to the talk. You'll love it. Go now. (laughs) I'll link to it. Uh, I think I found like a YouTube recording because it was previously on a CD and I'm guessing it's going around to hopefully a lot of the missionaries and I was like oh man I wish I would have known this 20 years ago or when I was a teenager but I didn't. Or maybe I did and I didn't realize it, but I don't think I did. I had a Franklin planner, I think, in college. Um, And then I don't know if I really even used it right. (laughs) Anyway, so the talk was mostly about self-worth. You really do need to go listen to this talk. 
So just do that if you want to pause and then come back or I'll have a link in my show notes the in the podcast description and I'll have a link to my website and then on the page for this episode there'll be a link. So just do yourself a favor and listen to the talk. Anyway, so in this talk he's talking about self-worth and he's saying why do we all have this sometimes we don't have the greatest idea of our self-worth why is that and he first talks about that well we're put down all the time and then we're put down by ourselves and we're put down by our parents and our siblings like it becomes very close to home but then he goes into what I don't know what he calls it in the talk, but then he he wrote a book afterwards called You Are What You Believe, and that came out in 2016. So he's had over 30 years of experience, or more, because I don't know exactly when this talk has been given, of sharing this message, because he shares the same stories that he shares in this talk in this book. And it's just really good. So you can listen to the talk, and then get the book. Or I listened to the book and was able to get it from my library. So they probably have it. Um, and I'll link to that, both of those two. I'll probably just have a link to Amazon or something, but you could probably get it from your library. Anyway, okay. So he goes into what he calls in his book, and I just don't remember if he named it this in the talk, but he calls it the reality model. Okay, and he says, we all have human needs. He says, we have four basic human needs. We have a need to live. We have a need to love and be loved. We have a need to feel important. And we have a need for variety. And so in this talk, I believe it's with a group of youth. He's having people come up and represent each piece of this reality model. So you have, if you think of a wheel, that's your human needs. And he talks about the wheel. This is really what drives everything, okay? Meeting those needs. And then he says, he pulls someone else up and he says, and then you have this belief window. Okay, you have this square, we're going to call it the belief window, because all throughout our life we are accepting information and we're putting principles or beliefs on this window. Now, he said that could be these big spiritual beliefs that you get from church and from living your life with your family, their beliefs within, you know, nation and a community. And he says, and then we have those little principles that we just start believing because of this information that we take in. Okay. So then he says, all right, you have this belief window and then with those beliefs, you go into the next box of this belief window, which is the rules. Or he says you have an if slash then or the rules for setting up 
your behavior because of this certain principle you have on your belief window. Okay, so you have your human needs wheel, you have your belief window, and you start setting up rules. And sometimes he says you don't even realize you're setting up these rules. Okay, and then you have your behavior or your action because of this set of rules. Okay, so your next square after the rules and all the arrows are kind of pointing. You've got your wheel, your belief window, your rules, and then your behavior. And then that will go to results of your life. So whatever your behavior is, it's getting you certain results. And then he says, you have a feedback loop from results back to your needs. And he talks about, they're like natural laws, okay? And he says, if one of the, number one, we're not gonna talk to, about all of them, I think we may talk about two, but one of them, he says, if your results do not meet the needs, there is an incorrect principle on the belief window. Okay, so I'm kind of obsessed with this idea of the belief window, only because I just see it, and maybe it's this idea, it's like, I was ready to take it in and I've been taking in all this information because I was just thinking back to like, oh, okay, if I go back to, if you remember the episode about expectations, right? I, I'm putting certain ideas or beliefs or principles, these little things, expectations, that's kind of what they're like, you know? You put these on your window, okay? So like my husband should come home on time from work. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't, then I should get upset, right? But what I noticed, if we think back to that episode, what I noticed was I didn't like that. It wasn't meeting my needs to show, I guess it would be the needs of showing love to my husband. So I decided to change that principle on my belief window because it felt way better to just be happy my husband was home whenever he was home and obviously we had we worked those things out and he was willing to call me and everything but what I found just interesting is you've got these needs so sometimes we don't even think about what we're putting on our window and I think sometimes we put purposeful things on our window like these are new principles principles like I'm gonna be a marathon runner this is a new principle so I have my if-then rules and I have behavior so I run a lot or I have this training program and does that give me results is that meeting my needs or we have beliefs that we don't even realize we're putting on our window because of something maybe that happened to us. So for instance, I remember when I was reading the book about expectation hangover, how she said a lot of times you develop these ideas and we'll call them principles on our belief window that come from a hangover after you've been really disappointed 
And sometimes those things are good, and sometimes they may not be so good. So for instance, when I was in high school, my sophomore year, my friend group totally changed. And actually for a time, I had a lot of good friends who wouldn't call me anymore. So I don't know exactly what happened. It was a really hard time in my high school life. It's funny how I think back, okay, I even remember like the weekend no one called me to do something. And looking back, I think that I might have developed some ideas like, well, maybe I'm not that important. And you don't realize you etch these little things on your belief window like, well, maybe I'm not really that important. And I remember kind of coming to this realization that, well, you decide if you're important, right? And really coming into a deeper spirituality in that, well, I'm important. Jesus Christ sacrifices life for me, so I must be important, right? I'll talk about that a little bit more in the next part two of this episode, but just to be aware that sometimes you might need to go back and say, wow, I went through a really hard time and I started believing things about me that may not get me the best results. Because if I don't think I'm that important, maybe I'm not going to fulfill something that I actually need to do in my life because I'm, I don't think people will listen. Or if I believe that, maybe I'll constantly second guess. So there needs to be this, are those, the behavior and result, fulfilling my needs? And is that thing on my belief window really a correct principle? Like, is it meeting my needs? And the other thing I loved about this idea was that, so in the talk, he lives in the Utah area. I think he was from St. George or he lived in St. George. And anyway, the the attorney general approached him and said, I'm tired of all these teenagers getting arrested for drugs and alcohol and I want you to go through all the high schools and see what we can do to help them realize that this is not good. So he decides, well, uh, I'll, I'll do that. So he said they teamed up with the Jazz and they had a couple people who were teenagers who had been through rehab and um, and they came around to share their stories. And there was one particular high school that they go to where the principal said, we just want you to address 50 kids. He said, these are all the druggies in our school. <laughs> so he was like, that's what they call them, the druggies. And if you think back to the beginning of this talk, which don't forget to go listen to, it's over an hour. So give yourself an hour and 15 minutes um, anyway he's like we have these group of kids that are the ones that are having problems they're the ones on drugs and alcohol and we want you to just speak to them so they all go into this music room and he says it was a super rough crowd and one kid ends up having to get kicked out of the room and he just they can't have what their normal assembly look like so he decides to teach them the model Okay, so he teaches them the model and he has one particular kid who's like, okay, why don't you tell me why you're here? 
And so Hiram Smith says, well, I have this belief on my belief window that I want to make a difference. So when the attorney general calls me on the phone, I'm going to say yes, because I want to make a difference. And they said, well, is that meeting your needs? Well, I guess that's helping me feel important. And um, is it giving me results? And he said, I don't know. Because one of the principles he also said was the results take time to measure. So you may not realize that what you're doing or your actions or the belief on your belief window is affecting you or not meeting your results because it may take time to measure. This kid then says, well, all right, I am understanding this this whole model thing. And he's like, I don't think I'm a druggie. I don't think it's a problem. And he says, okay, well, let's go through the model. Why don't you think it's a, a problem? He's like, well, I don't think I'm doing it to meet any crazy needs. Okay, so you're doing this for variety. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this for variety. So how many beers do you drink in a week? Or how much drinking do you do? And he's like, well, I drink 10 beers a week and then usually I get wasted on the weekends at a party. So you do that every week? See, yeah, I do every week and it's great. I love it. Okay, so that's your belief. It's what you do every weekend, your behavior. That's your behavior and you think it's great. Is it meeting your needs? Yes, it's meeting my needs. And he says, aha, but wait. You don't know if it's meeting your needs because results take time to measure. And so he says to the kid, well, so I just need to do this all my life and then I'll find out. And he's like, I mean, yeah, you could do that. Or if you could see someone else who've, who's done that thing and see what happened in their life to see if that would be a good principle on your window. So he says, all right, name someone that partied all their life. He said, okay, well, Elvis Presley. Okay, Elvis, where is he now? Dead. What did he die from? Overdose. Okay. Name someone else who partied all their life. Janice Joplin is who they name. Okay. Where is she? Dead. How'd she die? Drug overdose. And then the next person he says they name is John Belushi. Okay. Where is John Belushi now? Dead. How did he die? From a drug overdose. And he said, then the room went silent because it finally made sense. And he said, well, do you think this is going to be a correct principle? Is this going to serve you and meet your needs over time? And then what I really loved about what he was saying in this talk, and he's saying, I'm not here to tell you what to believe on your belief window. I am just here to tell you that you have one. And that you don't always have to believe what is on that window. That you can change it. And he goes on in the book and in the story how they come back for another hour and they really want to talk more about because he's really connected. And afterwards, the same kid who went through that model about him getting wasted every weekend, he said, you know, I have been in counseling and he was 16 years old and he said for 10 years. So at six, he had a brother or somebody introduce him to cocaine. And he had been going through counseling and drug rehab for 10 years. 
And he said, you're the first person that it finally made sense. In the book, you find out later that this kid ends up changing his life and doing really well because of this presentation. And so I'm just really, first of all, wanting to let you guys know if you don't, if you have heard this talk before, if you've heard Hiram Smith, because he's been around for a really long time. And he just actually passed away, I guess, last year or 2019. Yeah, last year. And I think that is so fabulous that you've had this idea, like that you've already known this, that you have a belief window and that you may have been putting things on your belief window that are not that great. And maybe as an adult, as we learn and have experience, and especially I think as I look into becoming a midlife person, we start looking back because we have, it's been time and things we've been doing over time may or may not be meeting our needs. And we start recognizing that more. So today's episode, I just want you guys to know that you have this belief window and all your principles, all the big principles and all these tiny principles, they may or may not be meeting your needs and that you can like develop new ones if you want to. Or you can check and say, yeah, these are meeting my needs. I think this is a good principle. And what he says at the end is that when you have a need, that when you have a result that meets your need, you will find inner peace. Now, I'm going to talk about this more next time because I'm still trying to figure this out. Because after we listened to this talk and I was just like, wow, I was just, this is so great. I really was just like, oh my gosh, I was writing everything down because he's like, you need to write everything down. And I had, I didn't have any, any paper. I'm like writing it on the back of an envelope. I'm just like, this is great. But how do you figure out sometimes the incorrect things? Because sometimes we're not aware of our results not meeting our needs. We're just, we just like keep going, right? We just kind of plow along through our life and sometimes do some crazy things until we have time to really stop and think. And so one thing I loved what he said, and it's kind of one of his like natural laws, and I'll get into that list a little more next time, but he says, the process of changing principles on your belief window is repentance. And in his book, which is geared towards you know, everybody, so people who are not religious, he says growth is the process of changing principles on your belief window. I just thought that was so cool. Repentance is the process of changing the incorrect principles on your belief window. And isn't that true? Right? When we have things that aren't working in our lives, and sometimes they're not like, right, major things. Sometimes they're little things that for some reason we've just grabbed hold to, but that we can have the opportunity to like ask our Heavenly Father, what is something that I have on my belief window that is not a correct principle? 
what is some random sentence that I decided to put on my window that I don't even know why or when, but somehow throughout my life, I took in information and I decided to plop this idea on my belief window. And can I be more aware of other things that I'm putting on that window that need to be changed? Okay, guys, there's so much more to this book and this talk, but I'm just going to stop there because I feel like a part two would be better than me trying to just like cram it all in. All right, so after this, remember, you're going to take time or find time to listen to that talk. And if you have more time, the talk's about an hour, I think in 13 minutes exactly, And if you have more time, then grab the book or listen to the audio book because I think it was maybe four hours. It's not super, super long. So good. Good stuff. It's been around forever. And I'm just hearing it now. Ah, I guess I should just be grateful. I'm grateful I'm hearing it now so that I can learn this. Oh, and last thing, which I really loved, and I'll get into it more next time too, He talks about when you notice like your children having a behavior problem. The great thing about this idea of the belief window is you can go back to them. You can teach them this model. And then when they're having problems, and he said he teaches this to his kids, and that you can then try to challenge the belief on the belief window and not your child and love them and then let's see what you're believing in is that is that correct principle and so that's the other thing that I'm going to try to work on too I'm going to try to teach it to my family this week okay you guys super fun and awesome stuff have a great week okay see you guys bye Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening.